Hello and welcome, it's me Rodney Cyrus back with you one more time. This is On and Off The Pitch, a sporting podcast. Today it's a very simple question, what does your team actually do for you? We're going to talk about this and much, much more, but to do that I'm joined by the one and only Red Jess, the lady on the other side of planet Earth. Speaking from Canada, how are you Jessica? I'm very well, thank you. I'm so glad you're well. I'm so glad you're well. It's good. And it's been such a while since you've been on. It's not been that long, actually. It's been a few weeks. Um, but uh, how is how are things where you are in the, the sunny side of uh, uh, Canada? Snowy. Snowy. <laughs> but it's sunny today. There's still snow, but it's warmed up. I think we're over zero today. Yeah, okay. That's good. That's mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, go for a little walk in a bit. Really? Okay. Excellent, excellent stuff. Um, so, so we're going to talk about obviously what do you get from your club? What do you actually get? As what are the benefits of being a supporter? That and 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 a lot more as well. Um, a lot's been happening here. Obviously, there's there's the news, there's certain news that's happened this weekend or, or in the last few days about a, a particular celebrity who's 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 lost their life. We'll talk a little bit about that, but the offshoots of that in terms of the the trolling that goes alongside it, the, the comments that are, are mentioned um, by certain individuals as to stardom, when things go wrong, when things go wrong. And, it, and, and, and it's really, really important uh, for me to kind of get that out there because I did something uh, before we get on to our, our main thing, I, I was going through Twitter comments and I saw someone tweet something and they said something which was quite sincere. Uh, they spoke about how we need to be kind and uh, be mindful and to think about others before we kind of say and, and write anything on, online. And I applauded it. And uh, a few hours later, uh, I was, con- well, there was another comment to my comments or, and it was pretty much... Uh, saying you shouldn't do this because this person actually does say quite a few vile things online to me, but not me, but to the person. And I thought, you know what? Um, There are many times we've talked about uh, social media being um, a platform where people kind of spew hate. And it's very, very difficult sometimes to keep track of who says what, but at the same time, we have to be mindful about what we say. So my message is obviously today, apart from what we're talking about, is just be kind today. Just be kind. Be kind kind every day. Be kind every day. And what I'm noticing, I'm I'm looking at my my screen and what I've realised is that I'm not able to see uh, if we're getting any interaction from individuals on... uh, uh, as we go live, which is unusual for me. So if you are, please, I apologise. I'm not able to actually see what's being written, uh, but we're going to we're gonna carry on anyway, and I'll try and get to that in a moment. Um, Jessica, you support Manchester United. You have done all your life. Yep. Um, do you support any other club? Do you follow any other club? Um, no, not really. Not really. Not really. I... Uh, I haven't been into hockey as much but I would say I would follow when I am really into hockey I follow Toronto Maple Leafs who mm. have not done anything in how old am I 55 uh my age shock horror <laughs> 40 years old 21 they won anything and they you can't even get season tickets for them that's really? how 
sold out all the time. And, yeah. they're, and they're sold out all the time. You can never, you yep. can't actually get onto. Um, no, it's 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 hard to. There's a wait list, but even the wait list, it takes forever to get. Like, really? Okay. Easy to get and very very expensive, like a uh, house expensive. Okay. Well, that's 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 not good. That's not good. What I will say is, um, you know, I'm I'm a supporter of Manchester United. I've followed them for a long time, and I was sitting down, just generally thinking about, you know, apart from what to talk about today, but also what do I get from being a supporter of a club that I've followed my whole life? Um, you know, and I thought about, you know, considering we live in a digital age, considering we live in an age where you have to sign up for everything online. Uh, very few clubs, associations uh, allow you to sign up where you just have to fill in the form, you know, on paper and you submit it the old fashioned way. That, that, that world doesn't really exist anymore. And uh, when I get my season ticket, I get a, a nice wallet, uh, which is which is here, you know, um, it has a you know, with the club crest. Then I get a pen, you know, uh, which I, I use. Um, but apart from that, I don't get much more. And some will say, well, what do you want? Some will say, what, what are you expecting to get from the club that you follow? And, that, you know, as a supporter or a fan, I spend a considerable amount of time um, following the club. Uh, I would say promoting the club because you talk about them. Uh, and I don't really get much back. You know, as I've grown older, I've become more considered as a fan. Um, not necessarily always believe in the club's point of view. I was kind of questioned things that I've been told and questioned the information I've been provided with. And I actually thought, what do what do clubs actually do for fans? There is this notion that fans will always turn up. There is this expectation um, that fans will always be there financially and provide the club with a, a revenue stream, which they will use at will, um, regardless of whatever fans say you know and uh, I wanted to know exactly what what I got from that and what do, do fans get from that do is there another way for, for clubs to operate do do fans feel appreciated is the question I'm asking and, and when I put the question out to Twitter so many people said the same thing it was you know you know sometimes I, I'm hopeful for a win or I'm hopeful that they're not going to get beat too badly today and depending on where the club is in terms of the league position it might be you know I'm not hoping to be disappointed today and today or after the result and very much the same kind of message was you know I'm not hoping for much but I'm hoping that I'm not going to be disappointed uh, and I don't know if that's the same for you and I and you say obviously you, you say you follow um, a hockey team ice hockey team you know, do 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 ice hockey teams do anything special for fans that you might know? Yeah, they do lots of things. They have special evenings. They have giveaways. They give out all kinds of stuff. They do loads compared to what, for example, Manchester United might do. Yeah, and um... <clears throat> in terms of uh, even in terms of just like I remember going. I was in Ottawa one. Uh, we went to see a game in Ottawa. Um, yeah. Uh, not our team, but we went and we were given, uh, yeah, bobbing head statues of one of the players, or very popular players, and something else with it. Um, so they they're constantly doing stuff like that. They give out. Ooh. They have meet meet and greets. They have, um, I think, at the start of the season, Toronto Maple Leafs. They have a day where you know you can go and meet all kinds of people, and yeah. And 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 the way they do things like that, do they invite? Do they invite uh, 
fans along randomly? Is it kind of, or is it fans just go and congregate together and uh, in the hope that they're going to be picked out for a special, a special moment with the club? No, no, they invite them. They like invite they them. Yeah, yeah, it's publicised. Like for the, for example, they have the Leafs the day that whole day thing where they have a all kinds of stuff going on. They, they yeah, it's publicised through the media. Okay, you but know anybody, what? Oh. Yeah, what what I'm interested in, which is, is is from my point of view, is that I when I started to 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 kind of think about the idea, I also started a blog and to write down what I thought in terms of. Um, the expectations that fans have or the, the kind of the measure of what they get back from clubs and I kind of clicked away from the screen and I checked my emails and there was an email from Manchester United saying that there was a possibility to win a weekend uh, at the club watching the team train having a meal or, or you know and meeting a celebrity the celebrities on offer was Dennis Irwin or Quinton Fortune so I wasn't sure which one you know for some fans they'll probably say well who's the legend out of those two but you know I, I I like Dennis Irwin so you know I would have plunged for him but there was this when I read it that when I read the information attached to it is like you had to submit an email request it had to be linked to the email account that they sent to you and you're registered with you, you know there were strict criteria as to whether or not you would be successful or once you were picked if you would be successful to actually uh, go and, and, and go to for a, a weekend at the club and what i it made me consider the whole idea of data collection because, as I've said, this is a digital world and I have to register with Manchester United where they have my information. They might have my date of birth, my email address, my home address, etc. All of that stuff. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be different if a club actually said, we've got to have a randomised name selector? Every month, whether it's birthdays, whether it's alphabetical, do you know, whether it's like they take all the A's or they take all the J's and they put them in a hat and they pick someone out and they say, this person is a supporter of our club. They are a season ticket holder. We're going to do something special for them. We're going to invite them to the game. We're going to give them a meal. We're going to give them a tour. They're going to meet a legend. We have done that for them. Where the, the fan and the supporter doesn't have to go out of their way to do something else yeah. by submitting information which the club already have you know and that for me is the bit where i'm asking what do you actually get from your club because i know people who who plan their holidays their couples holidays sorry mark and deborah i'm thinking of you they plan their holidays way around the club fixtures they they, they dedicate their time to the club's cause and i don't know whether the club even so much as understands or acknowledges when it's their birthday. Imagine they're a married couple and they've been married 10 years and they've been going to, let's say, Tottenham Hotspurs, Arsenal, Manchester United, Manchester City for that length of time. Would they get an anniversary card? Would they even get a birthday card from the club they follow? And that's the question I ask. Did, don't you don't you get a birthday, like an email? No. Really? I've never, a received, I never received one. It's weird. Well, you know, yeah. it's, I think it's Manchester United, would you want? Yeah, I think, but I mean, they're North American owned, so North America. Yeah, well, you know, it's about saving cash money, you know, girls, about saving cash money. About saving that, cash that's money. just an email list, right? Generating an email list. Well, it, well, it is, but, you know, what, what can you say? already there. It's, 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 the, the information is already there, but what can you say? This, this is the modern age now. You know, I know on this podcast it is not team focused. We're very much talking about 
a, a generic question. You don't have to support a football club. It could be an ice hockey club. It could be basketball. It could be baseball. It could be American football. But as a supporter or, or a fan, and you spend your time, you spend your money going to the games, planning. What does the club actually do for you? And I'm sure, and it's off the top of my head, and I tried to do some research about this, that there is some sport where they actually pick out a particular chair or a seat or a chair where and, and they see what's going on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. They do. I'm sure of it. Um, we finally got some comments and we've, I can acknowledge and see who's in the chats. And uh, Mark has joined. Mark, hello and welcome. And, uh, and I'm sure I can say hello on Jessica's behalf as well, but she might want to do that herself. Hello. She's saying hello. Um, yeah, I'm in Canada, in oh, I think everywhere in North America. So every hockey game, they always upgrade people. They they every intermission in hockey, like we all the, because obviously it's very start stop. Hockey's not as bad as football, but uh, American football. But every TV intermission, when you go to a hockey game, there's some sort of giveaway. Yeah. And they always upgrade somebody. Always gets upgraded in every match. Well, you know, you, <laughs> for me, I'm. I'll just, let's just say it like this. I'm, I'll, I'll talk about Manchester United. I'll talk about Manchester United in terms of good PR, in terms of what they can do with the fan base, which has turned against them, where there is a toxic level of abuse aimed at the, the owners, this aimed at the, the, the CEO. And it, as, as, as well as I have the message, be kind today, sometimes... It's not just about everyone trying to be kind to an individual. I'm talking about organisations that take in millions of pounds from their supporters, followers, fan base around the world. Um, and I know they do great stuff with the foundation and they you know, go out and help schools, but in terms of those that come through the gate, those that actually go to the games, those that, uh, that are fortunate enough, and I'll say this, fortunate enough to have a season ticket where they can actually go, go through the the hallowed gates or the turnstiles for a better word uh, of the of the stadium that no one has been selected and say this week this month we have selected you know um, seat 227 j block and they're gonna get a slap hot meal and they do you know just yeah. absolute and for me that would be great pr because if it was a lucky dip if it was a random picker if they actually had one of the legends from the club saying we have taken um, the names out of the hat in front of everyone and it's done on the pitch and they say this person will be treated to a slap hot meal one it would get the, the fans on side one it would be good pr and it would be something good for the club to do in terms of taking care of their own because to be honest so many clubs and even though they say oh we take care of our fans they only acknowledge their fans when they're in trouble and if they have too much money, and there is an excellent article floating around on the internet about how money has um, ruined football, I believe by Miguel Delaney, um, when they get to the upper echelons, the top table of the super rich clubs, they tend to have this kind of, um, you know, us and them approach to the fans where they don't believe they have to contact or communicate with fans or even be human, be kind. And this is me, again, be kind today. Uh, to fans and and supporters that and I say this 
that are fortunate to go to the ground, that are fortunate to get into a game, but also around the world. And I understand that they do great work. I'll say it again, they do great work with children in, in, in areas that are, are in dire need and support. But for those individuals that go into the ground, those are the ones that go in week in, week out, um, there needs to be something for them where they can actually say, yeah, I come here and this is what I get back from the club. Apart from hoping that there is going to be a, a positive result, apart from hoping that there is going to be a good performance, apart from that, they know that they are going to have a really good time and feel included and be made to feel important even if it's only for 10 minutes, just at some point in the season. And, you know, it's not saying that everyone's going to happen and get that kind of chance. Everyone's going to have that feeling. But if even if they put it in place and they only and, it, and they did lucky dips and it only got to 20 people, that would be great. And they do that a lot. And, I mean, hockey, even my local team, my um, regional team, uh, the junior B team, I mean, they give away all kinds of merchandise and all kinds of stuff. And they upgrade, they give you pizza. It's all kinds of stuff. I mean, some of it's pro promotional in terms of it's sponsored, but regardless, right? You're still getting it for free and it's still for the fans. It yeah, it, it is for free and it will be for the fans. And this is the funniest thing. Um, what am I doing on my screen? I can see something here. Uh, let's do this, do this, cancel that. Um, it's something that I thought about a lot and I believe it's it, it would be really good for the clubs to do. It doesn't matter. I'm not I, I'm I'm thinking of Manchester United, but I'm thinking of generally Premier League clubs that have a lot of money. And a lot of money. Anyway, you know, that was the basis of, of our main topic into what does your club actually do for you. You can let me know, even if you're thinking of your local club, what do they actually do for you? What do you get from it? Um, we're going to talk about some other things that have been happening this week. Obviously, there's a lot going on. There is the issue of Manchester City being banned from Europe, potentially. Uh, what kind of ramifications uh, will happen there? There is also... Um, talk of Paul Pogba uh, and a possible transfer, the links to other clubs or a particular club that he was originally at. Uh, there is a knock-on uh, comments from uh, the uh, obviously agent um, and the club in itself. And from that, what Manchester United might do with the revenue, apparently um, then they've been linked to so many other players. Um, we're going to mention also a little bit about the Arsenal game when they we can just it'll be really small mention about them getting and winning how how good that might feel and also I've got to do a, a little mention about a Mr Jose Mourinho and the Spurs win over um, Aston Villa um, please if you get a chance to check out the podcast that I did with Drew um, from uh, Crazy Media where we talked um, it's a great lot of sense about. Um, Jose, the Jose effect and how he's been at Spurs. Please do check it out. It is a really good listen. Balanced, level-headed and lots of information. And, you know, what's really interesting is to hear what Spurs fans feel about Pochettino. They are still in love with this guy. So in love with him. Um, but as I've mentioned to uh, Drew and other Spurs fans, um, you can have a romance, but it's not going to fill your trophy cabinet. So uh, you need you need actually 
he needs some silverware. And I believe Jose is going to be the person to do that, really and truthfully. Um, let's have a quick mention about uh, Arsenal. Um, Jessica, you said before we started uh, uh, recording that you thought they were, they were back on track. Arsenal. Well, no, well, they think they're back on track. Well, that sounds fair enough. Yes, they're all happy. Yeah, yeah, they're all happy. It's a good win. 4-0 four, four against Newcastle is a good win. A good win any in anyone's business. It's In anyone's business, it's really good. Um, you know, I didn't get to see all of the game, but I will say, you know, considering they've got a new manager, it's always good to have the new manager bounce. Um, he seems to have the measure of the players. Uh, they seem to respect him. They seem to respond to him, especially when they've had a poor first half. You do see a difference in the second half when they've come out and they've actually upped the up the ante in terms of their performance. And you know, you know, good things for Arsenal. You know, I'd say for them in terms of their their uh, league position, they're definitely moving up. Um, will they get in top four? I doubt it. You know, it might be a little bit too late, but that also depends on the form of the other teams in front of them. There is a very steely Sheffield United, obviously Manchester United there. Now we've got a little bit of Spurs as well uh, and Jose. Do you know what? I want to actually talk about Jose and Spurs now. Did you see the game, Jessica? No, between? no right. I, haven't watched, I haven't watched any football this weekend. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. you know, when I uh, spoke to Drew in the week and we, and we recorded the Jose effect, we talked a lot about his whole... Uh, perception or the perception that people have of him and him being um, a very defensive manager and the number of different formations that he's used. He's used 4-2-3-1 at least seven times. He's used 4-3-3 at least twice. No, 4-4-2 twice, 4-3-3 at least three or four times. He has changed his uh, formation uh, a number of times. What he hasn't used is, is um, he's used 3-5-2 as well, which could be... Um, it could, which could be seen as defensive, but at the same time, he's been very attack-minded. A lot of long balls. Well, if anyone watched today's game in Spurs, it's probably one of the best games of football I've seen for a, a while. Maybe that's because there's been a winter break, so I'm giving it more kudos than it was. But it was a very entertaining game. It was end-to-end. -end. It was, um, it was, um, it was, you know, cut and thrust football. Uh, from both teams, Aston Villa played well. Obviously, eyes on Jack Grealish, who seemed to carry the ball at ease uh, whenever he had it. And, you know, it would take at least two or three players to bring him down. So they, he's a player in terms of transfer when we start to talk about Paul Pogba. But for uh, a Spurs team that had a number of chances to score, one-on-one uh, -on -one chances, um, it was literally in the dying seconds that they get the, the winner and they, and they win 3-2. Uh, for Spurs fans, that's probably an indication of the progress that Jose has made uh, being at Spurs and what Spurs have, uh, how they've adapted to his style. They seem to be slightly more robust uh, in terms of their defensive duties. They seem to have so much more attack. And the young winger striker they've signed from um, Holland, Berwin, or Berwin, uh, uh, excuse the pronunciation, absolutely electric pace. I mean, if we thought that Raheem Sterling was fast, this guy is lightning, honestly. So they have a steal there. The uh, Celso in midfield. I know I'm waxing lyrical about Spurs, but it was a very good game. In terms of Aston Villa, they've got some really good players there. And if they don't escape the drop, I will probably see probably at least three or four of their players being cherry-picked uh, for, for Premier League clubs. 
Um, you know, obviously Jack Grealish right at the top. I would say Tara Mings is up there as well. He's definitely um, a very good defender considering his rise uh, within the, the, the professional game. Um, we've been joined by Pankaj. Hello, Pankaj, how are you? Um, he's asked me a, a really good question. And uh, my, my friend Natty Natty TV is in the house. She's there. Uh, um, the be kind message, which is is next to me, is is, is simply about um, the news of Caroline Flack, who uh, took her life, uh, we believe. Uh, and what saddened me most yesterday, I mean, the news of her passing was a shock, and I still can't quite get my head around it. But it's the insincere comments that I've seen on Twitter from certain mainstream media journalists who have spent weeks. Um, demonising, um, trolling, um, you, you know, being extremely cruel to to women within the media. You know, I, I, some would say only black women, but no, just women. You know, we'd almost say that they just dislike women. And, uh, you know, her passing has really kind of sent a shockwave around. People are starting to ask questions about the platforms and social media, and we just have to be kind. So that's what it's about, like Pankaj, it's about being kind today. And when I say being kind today, it's the kind of thing that I would say being kind today means every day, just not just today. It's, you know, generally um, how we are with people when we talk about anything. Football, football players, the movie that we went to watch and we didn't like. I know I moaned about Star Wars and saying it was no good. I don't good. know why. Well, let's not. We can do another stream for that, uh, Jessica. I just didn't. It just didn't grab me. Just didn't grab me. Loved it. Loved yeah, it. I I don't know. I was expecting too much, probably. That's why. I really, really was. Um, but you know what? You you, you will like uh, Jessica because if you love that, if you've not seen the Mandalor uh, Mandalorian, the um, Star Wars spin-off, brilliant TV. Watch it. It's really good. Really, really yeah, good. Yeah, subscribe to Disney. Oh yeah, well, yeah, we'll talk about that later, uh, Jessica. Mm -hmm. So look, you know, um, let's go on to let's talk. We're going to talk a bit about Paul Pogba. We're going to yeah. do it. We're going to do it. Um, right. Paul Pogba and I. I have the article here. It was in yesterday's Guardian um, section within it. It's called the talk um, in bold like uh, writer said Pogba feels at home in Italy. It's like his second home. Uh, the quote is from his agent, Mini Raiola. Um, and this is what it says within the first paragraph. Paul Pogba wants to leave Manchester United in the summer, but his chances of securing a swift exit are likely to be hampered by the club's setting and asking price of around 100 million euros, which is 83 million pounds. Um, and I'm thinking, well, basically Manchester United want the, the money back that they paid the agent and Juventus for a player who, let's be honest, has not really cut the mustard since returning to the UK. Um, in Pogba's own mind, he believes that the, the season where he scored 13 goals, seven of them which were penalties, um, was his best season. Not the season where Manchester United finished second behind Liverpool or Manchester City, which is another thing. Um, but the season where he scored his own personal landmark. Um, you know, Jessica, I'll ask you to be measured in your response in terms of what you believe about Paul Pogba. Do you believe that um, the valuation is correct in terms of 100 million euros? And do you believe that Manchester United should, sh do you believe they should sell him or do you believe they should keep him? 
I don't think he's worth that much money, and I think they should send him on his merry way as soon as possible. And if he had any any level of integrity, he would put in his papers and request the damn transfer and get it over with. And I, I actually wonder if any teams want him to tell you the truth. Why didn't they go for him last year? Well, you know, when you know, imagine you're the child who saves all of their money. You know, you have your pocket money, and your parents say you can go and uh, break the piggy bank and go down to the local sweet shop, and you run in and you burst in and you pick up the magazine that you want and the bar of chocolate, and then you look, you look at the change you have left. And then you ask the shopkeeper, what can I get for this? Um, Real Madrid bought who they wanted first. They wanted Hazard. They got Hazard. Um, the other big teams got who they wanted. Actually, Juventus went and, 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 and secured the services of so many free players. Aaron Ramsey, um, Rabiot. Um, they've also a few others there, you know, and they couldn't get rid of players. Mandzukic finally went out alone. They were talking about... Um, Dybala going, he was linked to Spurs. You know, all of these things were being in the mix. And the, the reality is because of the valuation that Paul Pogba has around him. Um, this is, again, a reference to the article about money spoiling football. It isn't necessarily about money that, let's say, for, for example, that Manchester City have been found guilty of using in terms of, you know, not following the rules. But it's a valuation that football players have been given and awarded. It's the valuation of salaries that football clubs give to players for just kicking a ball. In comparison, say for example, someone asked me a really serious question. I had to think about this the other day. What was the top salary for one of the female players? And I had to think more seriously because of the disparity between the men and women's game, the disparity between the cup competitions like the FA Cup, which is getting pittance in the women's game, you know, the top female players probably on about £28,000 a year. A year. Not a week. A year. And then you have someone who's valued at £90 million and he's getting at close to £200,000 a week. Hardly kicked a ball this year. Probably still being paid. Um, being allowed to jet around the country. Not necessarily stay at the club and recuperate like every other player. You know... This is, a, this is a very strange dynamic that Manchester United have found themselves in. They feel slighted at the very fact that he's not actually put in the work for them as they believed he was. The owner, and particularly the chief executive, feels slighted that they actually did not back the guy that is now somewhere else and is smiling and feels looks happy and, you know, and, and could be a possible threat. Jose Mourinho has... As, was moved on for Paul Pogba. Yeah. That's that was the bottom line. He was moved on, and 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 so many pundits were saying the same thing. It's either Pogba or Jose. Jose has to leave because he is ruining the mood of the club. Well, you know, time has moved on. We're now at that point where we can see what's happening. The mist has cleared, and we can see the individuals that are standing around, and that are not standing around in terms of being as being part of a team. Uh, Paul Pogba has distanced himself from Manchester United so far away, he might as well be on Mars. He is part of Manchester United by name only. He is on the register but absent from school. That is who Paul Pogba is. 
So from the Manchester United point of view, when they look at this scenario in, in terms of Paul Pogba being at the club and wanting to leave, you know, when you have a player that doesn't want the, the, to be part of the club and for months his agent has been talking about how, no, how, how useless the club is and how the club would even spoil Ronaldo and Messi or, Mar or Maradona and Pele, um, you must realise that you need to move him on. And uh, for quite some time, the chess piece play that we've seen has been Raiola talking for Paul Pogba. And like you say, uh, Jessica, he's not going to say, um, we need, I I'm going to put in a transfer request because he wants to, to have his cake and eat it financially. And it, it is a very difficult situation for Manchester United. What they're hoping for is that they're going to have someone that comes along and spends that amount of money in the summer they believe in its Juventus, but the way things are materialising at the moment in terms of Manchester City and the financial fair play and how Manchester United even financed this deal, because no one's even really looked at the valuation between Sanchez and Mkhitaryan as a swap deal. You know, I mean, how did that work out in terms of valuation? Were they valued at the same price? Who knows? Um, but the, it, in, in itself, with regards to Paul Pogba, you know, it, it is a really difficult scenario for the club it's obviously difficult I do feel sad for him in a way because he's not he's not brave enough to actually say I want to leave himself you yeah know. he's pathetic I'm sorry but he is pathetic yeah well I, he's posting he's posting all kinds of stuff on Facebook constantly yeah. you know what why don't you actually do something positive if you don't want to be it you know you are the thing is, I forget who I was listening to yesterday, and they somebody said, oh, it was the Aston Villa. I mean, the thing is, I don't believe Paul Popper is world class because I think he needs people to make him look like he's world class. If you are world class, you can carry a team. He cannot carry a team. And nor does he have any interest in carrying a team because it's all about him, right? And it's not about the team. So I really think that this thing has gone on now for how many years? <laughs> three, two or they, three? And they thought Brexit was, hey, they thought Brexit was long. Um, before we go today, I will be reading uh, a page from a really good book that I'm, I'm, I've got hold of. And it is The Story of Brexit. Uh, it's riveting stuff. Uh, I'm going to actually close the show with that. And some people will think, what are you talking about? But it, uh, for me, it's it's comical. But anyway, back to Paul Pogba. Do you think Juventus will really take him on? Um, I believe Paul Pogba is a better option for the current midfielders that they currently have at Juventus. Um, as to whether they'll take him on is about whether or not uh, Juventus have the model that is suitable to buying Paul Pogba back. They probably don't because they have historically tried to get players at the end of their contract. The difficulty mm -hmm. for Paul Pogba is that he has probably another year or a year and a half, which is a long time not to play football. You can only go missing from school for so long before social services start rocking up at your house and saying, when are you coming back? Mm -hmm. The reality is, you know, we have seen you know, videos. I'm sure he's better now. Is he posting videos of him running again or Oh yeah, he's all over the place oh, doing yeah. stuff. Okay, I haven't seen I haven't seen to be honest. I haven't seen but you know it, it's you know the club have a 
um, a very difficult position to, to, to kind of get themselves out of in reality. You know, I have moved well beyond the, the point of personally caring about whether he stays or he goes. I actually believe he left in October because, you know, when he was absent from the team. And not in a bad way, I just believe that Manchester United were, needed to focus on, on those players who were fit and, uh, and who were available. Um, so far, he's not fit and available. So the, the story that is Paul Pogba continues to rumble on for Manchester United and will no doubt do so for the rest of, of this season and into the summer. What will happen after the Euros? is another thing. I'm not sure if they say they want him sold after the Euros. I believe that they say in the article that... Um, uh, it says, but it says, we'll go to speak about uh, that just after Euro 2020. Paul Pogba wants to play at the best levels always. This is Raul's quote. But he can't... Yeah. Uh, no, but he can't escape Manchester United now in this moment where the club is not having a good period. So despite the fact that Manchester United... Uh, uh, by all accounts, uh, from the Glazers and Mr Woodward backing the manager, you can see that Paul Pogba doesn't want to be uh, under Ole's reign. He doesn't want to be part of the team. He doesn't want to, which kind of feeds into what uh, uh, Fred was saying um, in his interview when he said that some of the players weren't necessarily always together in terms of um, team collegiality and, and how they get or go about and uh, which was quickly squashed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer but Ole's doing what Ole needs to do is you know the substitute teacher stroke permanent teacher has to say that everything is going well even when things aren't going well so very very difficult indeed um, but in terms of all of the the bigger news that there is in terms of the world of, of, of sport. Things rumble on, you know, in terms of league. Spurs have moved up the league. We're hoping to Manchester United will do well. You know, it's going to be an interesting running, apart from the very top for Liverpool doing whatever they can to continue their, some would say, lucky streak. But, you know, to win that many games, you have to have a little bit more than luck. So that looks like they're moving forward towards securing a Premier League title which will stick in the throat for some individuals for quite some time but you know you can't always be number one someone else has to take that spot and if it's not you then you know so be it uh, in terms of clubs and in terms of fans it's just the way the cookie crumbles as they say uh, in in this strange old world in terms of Pogba Mark has got a comment and he said would love to see how Pogba plays with Fernandez before he goes I'll be honest with you, Mark, I don't believe Pogba will play for Manchester United before he goes. Um, if he does, um, I doubt it will be a, um, a performance that will be warmly received or, or, or applauded, to be honest. it's it's So many words have been shared in the media by his agent and on social media uh, about how Paul feels as if he needs to be away and the club is no good. Um, etc etc what what you what I found interesting is how quickly the club have briefed and made statements uh, about uh, following the incidents with uh, Mr Woodward's house and and, and uh, um, Fred speaking out but when uh, Minnie Raola spoke out I didn't see any statement from the club as to them challenging him as to the words that he mentioned at all and, and, and you know it 
I may have missed it. You know, some someone may say, you're mistaken, Rodney. They did make a statement. It's there, you know, and I'll go away and read it. But I don't recall them no. making a statement about no, anything, nothing. not at all. So, you know, there is a one rule, one rule for one and uh, one rule for everyone else, <laughs> which is the one is Paul Pogba, which he's, he, he's definitely, um, definitely going to go and uh, do what he wants. But, you know, again, uh, talking about the Be Kind today, I will say really, I'm going to say, you know, we all have to be reflective about what we say um, on social media, about what we say about others. And I have to as well. It's not just me kind of preaching. You know, it's so easy to get on a pedestal and start talking about things as if you are the font of all knowledge and claim to know everything. You don't know everything. I definitely don't know everything. And I have to be mindful about what I say all the time. It's just what you are. So it is extremely hard to be kind and very easy to be horrible to someone. You know, some people take the easy option in life all the time and they just say horrible things. And sometimes it's, you have to think about being kind to other people. And if you have something unpleasant to say, sometimes just don't say it. And when I think back to some of the comments that I've read about players at particular clubs, um, after a particular result um, or results or performance or an error um, you have to wonder what the mental state of the player was after that and how they felt and what kind of impact they had or that had on them uh, in that moment and, and going on uh, yeah the world is a strange place with social media because you know everyone believes that they have the right to say something and they can say whatever they like regardless who's on the other end and it and it isn't quite right and it isn't the same and uh, yeah just be kind just be kind agreed if I was in if I was to meet Paul Popper I would say to him you know what Paul you you come in for a lot of criticism because you're not brave. Be brave and do what you need to do and get on with it. And don't make it such a big hoo-ha for the team. That's it. Move on. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that's... <laughs> it's really quite simple. It's you don't need all this carrying on. Yeah. Right? Sit down with the club and just, I mean, he's going to walk next year, isn't he? If he, he, he uh, He'll be out of contract next year, won't he? I believe so. I'm. I, do you know what his contract? I haven't contra I haven't actually followed as as closely as I should. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that if they don't sell him this year, he'll walk next year. He he probably will. He probably will walk. He, well, he wants to walk away from the situation right now anyway. So, uh, um, will he play for France if he's not playing anywhere? I, I believe France will pick him. You know, that, let's look, let's put it this way, right? <laughs> The manager will pick Paul Pogba ahead of Martial, and Martial's probably had more game time, more mm. game time than than Paul Pogba. So that tells you everything about Paul Pogba's uh, status within the national team for France, and it tells you everything about Martial's status within the French national team. You know, it's uh, Paul can deliver. Everyone knows that he can deliver when he wants to, and uh, you know, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out for him. You know, I said a number of things on a different platform ages ago and I just said this guy just doesn't care and to no. a point I said he was lazy and you know people said oh no what you're talking about we're now three years on and uh yeah it's just it's just very very 
uh, clear to see, and it has been for quite some time, that he's not happy and he doesn't want to be um, associated with the club anymore. Mark has put in the comments that he has two years left on his contract. Well, there you go. It's going to be a very long two years. Um, I don't see him staying. I can, I, the only way I could see him staying is if Manchester United get into the Champions League and there's guaranteed Champions League football, you know, um, which kind of keeps his profile high. Obviously, Manchester United will want that because then they can actually say that the valuation of the player is where it should be and therefore clubs that want him will need to match the valuation. Um, but if Manchester United have another season outside of the top four, no Champions League, valuation then changes again, all dependent upon um, the amount of minutes that he's had in the league or in terms of appearance for Manchester United, what that means for his evaluation as a player. You don't play football for a lot, that long length of time. It has an impact on what you can and cannot do. Um, you know, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very clear to see. I've seen the comment as well. Mark is, he's so funny today. It's unreal. You know, Mark, it's, it's, it's a really funny comment, Mark, but you know what? I might not read that one. I, I might, I might, I might not read it. I might not read it. Um, we are going to run to time today. Uh, no overrunning today. We've been very, very clear in terms of, um, uh, how long we're lasting today you know so if you've got any comments please uh, send them in any questions we're going to do a little q a for the last 15 minutes i'm going to say this again uh, i am reading this book i'm reading this book and it is actually what some would say a little bit of a pee take on uh, the whole issue of brexit um and why <laughs> and what would happen for brexit and it's quite funny because i have a fr friend who who is um a staunch Brexiter, uh, which is funny, uh, Jessica, because this is the strangest thing. You know, we have these conversations which sometimes can be heated. You know, there's issues with talk about immigration, again, which kind of makes me laugh. Uh, and uh, I saw her the other day and I said, um, hey, hey, are you happy about Brexit? And she's unhappy because, you know, the government are going to put up taxes because uh, she's got a, got an apartment somewhere in, an, in, in Europe. And uh, she's going to have to pay more money to get there. And I'm thinking, Sid, are you taking a piss or what? I mean, you're talking about immigration and you've got an apartment somewhere in Europe. And now you're upset because you can't get there as cheaply as you had previously. Honestly, these Tory voters, they crack me up, man. Serious. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that, doesn't that sound strange? It, no. Yes, because they want everything and everything that way, right? Yeah, I thought to myself, so what, you have an apartment in another part of Europe, you're moaning about immigration, and now you're upset because you're going to have to pay for Okay, right, how's that working out? That's just bizarre. And I, saw, I saw that the Brits are going to have to have visas and stuff, and they're all up in arms about that too. We are going to have to have visas. Um, we are going to have to have visas indeed. Um Indeed, I've just been checking Twitter. I've seen, I, I guested on a on a, um, another podcast, We Are The Girls In Claret And Blue, uh, which uh, was all about uh, women's football. Um, so if you can check that out on Twitter, that's their, their uh, it's the at girls in claret. Uh, I was talking to the West Ham women fans, which is a quite comical uh, podcast. And, and that's my other side show in terms of, uh, women's the women's game and uh, promoting the women's game so if you do check that out but also remember to check out the Jose effect and I, I need to find a dedicated Manchester City fan to have a conversation with them because things are 
are, are, are desperate for them. I don't know how they're going to feel considering the threat of being kicked out of uh, the Champions League. The £25 million fine for owners is peanuts. Um, but the biggest question I have uh, about the, the financial fair play is that, 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 that the, the Manchester City owners are being penalised for actually having money, in essence. I know there are rules. I'm, I'm, it sounds really crazy the way I've said it, but it's, you know, they have used their own money to finance the club, you know, whereas Manchester United and other clubs who have immense debt have been able to just skip through the daffodils of the Premier League as if everything is okay. And, um, you know, when you talk about financial fair play, you know, what does it actually mean? It's it's such a restrictive kind of area that it doesn't necessarily cover everything in terms of the financial um, responsibilities that owners have to uh, football fan supporters of the club that they own and about how they operate. And obviously this is a very, it's not a, a socialist world. It's not socialism in action. It's very much a capitalist world where... You know, businessmen make business decisions about the, 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 the items or, or the merchandise or the, the, the shares that they have. And uh, they see the club as their own entity and everything within the club, from the tea ladies, teapot to the football players' laces as theirs. And they can do what they want. Um, you know, I'd be very interested to see what happens to Manchester City in terms of how they fight this, whether they fight this and look successful, whether they are actually banned. But the question that I've heard today is that because this is a UEFA punishment in terms of financial fair play, that whatever UEFA do, that they will then there will be an expectation that the Premier League take some action because they should have actually stepped in themselves and actually punished or sanctioned, for a better word, Manchester City regarding their financial play activities. Uh, very, very kind of difficult times for Manchester City as a club and for Manchester City fans. Do you feel sorry for them, Jessica? No. <laughs> I did hear, um, I, 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 I read somewhere that Man City is going to to tittle-tattle, basically, yeah. on other teams and use that as their way of going around it. I mean, the thing is... You're right because they have a they've used their own money, and whereas Manchester United has somehow got away with having the kind of debt they do, um, I don't really understand why. Because my understanding is they can only the only things that don't get considered under that the bracket of fair play is that uh, stadium upgrades, uh, you know, creating a new training ground, all those kinds of things. Everything yeah. else comes under. The financial fair trade play thing. So how has Manchester United? So I, let's hold our breath and see what Man City comes up with, shall we? Well, because you just don't know what's going to come down the wire. I, I I have to agree with you. This is the kind of this is the kind of case that when someone is caught and they go, "I wasn't the only one," and they start pointing fingers, uh, and it could be. Um, as someone quite rightly said to me, this isn't a case of Manchester City being the only ones to be doing something slightly outside the realms of um, financial fair play. It, it's just that they got caught and everyone else is doing something that they shouldn't be doing. 
you know, it's the silver bullet kind of syndrome. You know, the bullet is moving around the room. Who's moving quick enough to dodge it? But someone in the end gets nicked and they go down and everyone else starts to shuffle around thinking, well, pff, lucky it wasn't us. Manchester City might be like, yeah, we're going down, but we're going to sing. <laughs> we're going to sing everyone's name while we're going down so that the authorities start to look at football. Because for me, I think there's so much money in football. What you realise is that with greed, people bend the rules. You can have so much money but still get caught doing something wrong. I do, I, I'm thinking to myself, how can you get caught for doing something wrong when you have that much money? Well, they, they, they self-financed it, right? Basically. Well, yeah. They're basically, well, as I've said, they are being, being penalised for having their own money. That's what they're being penalised. Can you imagine? You are being penalised for spending your own money not getting, not creating debt, not going to a bank and saying, let me borrow this amount of money. That's what they're being penalised for. And whatever the rules are in terms of how they pay people offshore, I get all of that. I get all of that. I doubt very much that they're the only club. There were rumours many years ago that Arsenal were actually, you know, paying their foreign stars offshore. Most of them had offshore accounts, Petit, you know, Henri, uh, you know, Robert Perez, all of those guys that came over in the, the when the Premier League was kind of really taking off. How were they how were they affording to pay those players? And I'm sure every single club was doing something similar. Also, this is the strangest thing because my background obviously is in education and I worked in local authority. There was a time when every single local authority, can you you might not remember this, they lost so much money from their pensions pot because they put their money you know, in Central Europe, in a part of Central Europe, which went, which f had a financial crash, and everyone lost their money. And I'm talking local governments. So if local governments are doing it, then you can bet your bottom dollar that companies that uh, that are in the private sector are doing it. That football clubs who are owned by owners that want to bring the best players to the Premier League are doing it as well. Manchester City is not the only club. I'm sure there are so many other individuals who could talk for years as to what clubs have been doing in terms of financial fair play. And it's just, it might be this moment that Manchester City get caught and if they start to say names, it will be very, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think it's probably going to open up a can of worms, quite honestly. Oh, more than a can of worms. Yeah. Indeed. Right, we are nearly running to time. Do you know what? I'm going to actually be able to say... It's almost there. Now remember guys, the Brexit, the Brexit. Um, I'm gonna read a, a page. Um, but before we go, I'm gonna say thank you to everyone who's been in the comments and the chat. I hope you've enjoyed uh, our little podcast today. What does your team actually do for you? What do you get from your team? Is it enjoyment? Do, you, do they treat you to a Christmas card, a birthday card? Do, you, do they send you a get, a get well message when you're not well? If they do, let me know. If they don't, I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> Mark, I've read his comment. I can't read his comment again. Uh, Jessica, um, it's been great. Thank you very much for joining me on this uh, uh, very varied topical conversation. Yes, it's you're been, welcome. It's been very welcome. <laughs> you know I'm going to bundle up and go for a walk in this cold weather. Oh, yeah, it's quite cold where you are. It's quite cold. Yeah. Well, you know, as, as we get ready for the end of our little conversation, um, this is the book, 
Brexit, the story of Brexit. And I'm going to read you this page, Jessica. You're going to like this. And it says, the story of Brexit. You ready? Yep. Britain is a proud island. For centuries we stood alone. Now we stand alone again. Other countries like Croatia and Spain need to be a part of Europe because they are clearly cowards. But our country is special and other countries are queuing up to get what we have to offer, whether it is music of Sting or any of our several mild cheeses. This is the future. I mean, that's riveting stuff, isn't it, people? <laughs> riveting. I will, I will read more from the story of Brexit this time next week until then please stay safe and remember to like share and subscribe uh, follow me on twitter you know where it's at it's at rodney underscore cyrus from c it's bye from me it's bye from jessica bye jessica bye see you later guys